Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, listeners, to your episode all about mirrors. I started off last episode by sharing the Three Kings ritual, which sees the participant sitting in front of mirrors and enduring an unknown fate, with the mirrors showing them a variety of different narratives, experiences, good and bad, and in one case, a fight within themselves, battling their thoughts to pick their path that will affect their future. I moved into the Caputo Strange Face Apparition Experiment and discussed how 100% of the participants witnessed their faces changing when staring into mirrors under low light conditions. These visual hallucinations took place as quickly as one minute into what is called mirror gazing. So what now? Well, today, I'm going to discuss what makes mirrors so mysterious, strange, and unique. Then, I'm going to move on to more ritual stories, all of which relate to, you guessed it, mirrors. So, let's get to it. First things first, who invented the mirror and second, when? 8,000 years ago was when the first mirror was ever recorded to have existed. People in Anatolia were the first, actually. Anatolia is also known as modern-day Turkey. They used obsidian. Volcanic glass, comprised of sand and ash liquefied at volcanic temperatures, which then sets into obsidian, which was polished by the people of Anatolia and used as a mirror. We then have Mesopotamia and Egypt coming in at 4000 and 3000 BC using polished copper, and 1000 years later, South America and Central America using polished stone, and a little later, China and India using bronze as mirrors. Seeing the evolution of mirrors from that time, moving from obsidian to stone to bronze, would have been astonishing. Each material would have portrayed the viewer in such a different way, with different materials accentuating different looks and styles at the time. Now, the most recent record of the modern-day mirror is Germany, set at over 200 years ago. A German scientist in 1835, Justus von Liebig, discovered the process of applying thin layers of metallic silver to one side of the pane of glass. Then, boom! Just like that, the mirror we hold so dearly today was made and mass-produced. Can you imagine just sitting there, after pouring metallic silver on glass and thinking, Now what? Wait, I can see myself! Awesome! That would have been such an amazing discovery. And of course, that dollar sign would have been ringing in his ears. So we know where they're from and what they can be made of. Why all the mystery? Why all the fear? Now this had me hunting and theorizing. The concept of looking into a mirror to self-reflect, a static image of you in the now, a snapshot of how you perceive yourself is quite personal. The active part here is perceive. In your mind, when you look at an object, there is a sense of permanence, existence, if you see it, I believe it esque sort of perspective. So you're seeing this person, who is you, behaving like you, but your brain has to grapple with the concept that you know that what you're perceiving is not exactly you. Just a reflection. Still with me? Good. This essentially is you telling yourself that what you're seeing to some extent is an illusion. And fear's power lies in that illusion. A heavy concept that requires a lot of mental processing that we just don't engage with actively on a daily basis. 
The creep factor comes in when the illusion breaks. When what we're seeing appears to behave in a way incongruent to our own movements. When you reach for the mirror, and the mirror reaches back, and you swear you felt the touch of the other's hand. Not possible. How could it be? Thus, the illusion breaks. Mirrors seem to be able to capture our world's perimeters, whilst simultaneously not existing in our own world. And the fear derived from mirrors stems from the breaking, the tearing away from the expected normality and into the world of the unknown. The twisting of something that we hold dear is a great trope. The film Aliens is such a good example of this. And I know this sounds like this is one crazy segue, nothing to do with mirrors, but they really, really do share that connection. The concept about what makes mirrors scary is shared with a film like Aliens and other horror films. All good horror films take what we hold dear, our home, or in this case, the spaceship, for example, and turns that space into uncertain, unpredictable horror. Mirrors are our own reality's horror switch. When we see something that doesn't look right in the mirror, that doesn't add up to our reality, the shattering of that illusion, that mirror becomes a conduit to fear. And then, to horror. So when you move, and your reflection doesn't, and you look back, and your reflection is staring at you eyes wide, and unwavering, the horror stems from the tearing away from reality. The unknown, and the unpredictable. That's why mirrors can be creepy. Now, before I jump into some rituals about mirrors, I found this tidbit of information really interesting. In studying mirrors and what makes mirrors scary to some, it's important to understand and research into the phobia of mirrors. In knowing what people are scared of or fearful of, we can reverse engineer the origin point of that fear. So the phobia of mirrors is catoptrophobia, but there are subcategories in that mirror phobia, istrophobia and spectrophobia. And if you break each of them down, cata refers to mirrors, spectro refers to ghosts, and iso refers to opticus, otherwise known as vision. When you take into account the etymology of the words, and see that they all refer to the one word that is mirror, you can start to paint a picture of the early thoughts regarding mirrors. So if we get the words one by one and string them together, we get a pretty interesting take of what it means to fear mirrors and the core fear behind mirrors. So breaking the phobia down, cato, iso, spectro. Mirrors are used to see ghosts with our eyes. And that loose translation will always stick with me. And without going into our own rabbit hole or portal about mirrors, I'm going to now jump right into today's rituals about mirrors. Let's dig in. The Disney Mirror Ritual Have you ever heard of the Disney Mirror Ritual? Don't be fooled by its name, or its location as the happiest place on earth. It's a fairly dangerous ritual, with a high chance of getting caught. Granted, the payoff is fairly high. It is not known why or how this ritual came to be at Disney World. It is said that each of the Disney parks has its own unique ritual, with the same consequences for failure. But the one at Disney World seems to have the most known information. This is a mirror ritual, 
Mirror mythology is well invoked in Disney stories. Think Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, One Hour in Wonderland and such. I'm sure you might think such a ritual would take place at the Haunted Mansion, or one of the spookier rides. But you'd be wrong. The main part of the ritual takes place at Cinderella's Castle, roughly the epicenter of the Magic Kingdom. The night part of the ritual must take place between 2 and 4 a.m. To complete this ritual, you will need three items. One, a piece of chalk. Two, a knife that has had its handle broken off. In other words, simply the blade. The type of knife doesn't matter, but as you will have to sneak this past security, you might want a smaller blade so you can conceal it in your shoe or other hiding place. Three, a broken shard of mirror. Roughly the size of your palm, you might want to find a pre-broken shard if you believe in the superstition of seven years of bad luck. The ritual begins during daytime hours of the Magic Kingdom section of Disney World. During the day, you must hide three items in separate areas of the park. The areas to choose from are Main Street USA, Liberty Square, Fantasy Island Adventureland, Frontierland and Tomorrowland. Study the map of the park and decide what routes would be easiest to travel undetected. Don't pick distances you can't manage. Keep in mind that the area around Cinderella's castle will be the most heavily patrolled by security. While there are security cameras in the park, don't worry about them. Something about the ritual makes them seem to malfunction. Before hiding the items, head to the tunnel going through Cinderella's castle. Be careful here. There are some Disney staff that are aware of the ritual and know to keep an eye out for those attempting it. Hide the chalk in your hand. Pick out a brick you are able to reach at face level, and when you're absolutely sure no one is watching you, mark the brick with chalk. Critical tip. You might want a friend to make a distraction or ask any immediate staff questions to get their attention. Now once you've marked the corner of the brick with chalk, say the words, Mirror, mirror. Then leave. This will tell the park you intend to play. You will use this brick during the ritual. Then, find hiding places for the items. At this point, you have completed the daytime part of the ritual. Use the remainder of time as you will until the park closes. Make sure you find a place you can remain hidden once the park closes for the night. It's not easy, but it has been done. If you decide not to go through with the ritual, retrieve the items, erase the chalk mark, and leave the park. You can only cancel the ritual during the daytime hours. Do not attempt the ritual again. Ever. Also, do not emerge from your hiding place right after the park closes. It will be full of maintenance workers and patrolling security. Wait until at least an hour after the park closes, but remember... You need to be done by 4 a.m. The security presence will be smaller at that time, but by no means gone. Watch for the roving security guards as you make your way to your items. Retrieve the mirror shard last, or you will trigger the most dangerous part of the ritual early. If you reach any of your hiding places and the item is gone, run. The park doesn't accept your challenge. You need to reach the entrance and get out or even get yourself busted by security, which will be a much preferable fate. Once you retrieve the mirror shard, you will begin the second, more dangerous phase of the ritual. Security patrols are no longer your concern, 
they will have mysteriously disappeared or gone dark. You may see a flashlight beam way off in the distance, but they will not come close to you. Some chalk this up to magic. Others theorize that completing the steps until this point triggers a parallel dimension of sorts within the park. Regardless of the cause, you have a new concern. Make haste and head towards Cinderella's castle. But once again, try to stay out of sight. Use the mirror shard to look around corners and behind you and keep the broken blade in your dominant hand. You are on the lookout for figures that have been dubbed the false. The false take the form of Disney mascots you might see during the daytime. Don't be fooled. The paid Disney mascots went home hours ago. It's not exactly hard to tell the difference. Suits worn by these figures will appear filthy, matted, and generally tattered. You would most likely find them lurking around corners, which is why you want to use the mirror first. If you see one of the false in your mirror, take your blade lightly between your fingers and drag it across the reflection of the mirror with the point. This will prompt the figure to move away. However, odds are you will have at least one encounter with a false face to face. They are capable of appearing at will if you are on a straight street or bridge with no turns. Should you see a false at any point, not as a mirror reflection, shut your eyes immediately and gently place the mirror shard at your feet, but keep hold of the blade. Remain still with your eyes shut and listen for footsteps and rattling breath. The false will be moving slowly towards you. It will stop at arm's length in front of you and reach. Your only chance for escape is to estimate when it's reaching for you. Then reach out and jab the figure itself with your blade and do not miss. You won't get a second chance. And you failed the ritual. Consequences of failure are discussed later. If your aim is true, the false will hiss in pain and begin moving away. When the footsteps are no longer audible, you can open your eyes, retrieve your mirror, and continue on your path. Critical tip. Your blade will become weaker each time a face-to-face -face encounter occurs. If your blade breaks, you will be defenseless. The false will know. Keep face-to-face -face encounters to a minimum. Should you successfully arrive at Cinderella's castle, you will be safe. Find the brick you marked. Take your mirror and hold it to the brick. Trace a chalk outline around the shard. When you pull your hand away, the shard will remain on the surface. Step back and turn around three times clockwise. With each turn, say these words. Mirror, mirror. mirror. For a total of three times. Upon completing the third turn, you will face the wall only to see that the surface area of the brick has become that of the mirror. Look into the mirror and you will see the faint outline of a clouded face. Here is where the goal of the ritual comes into play. Make sure you choose the question beforehand. The face will slowly say, Past, present, future. To choose, nod your head after the mirror says the one you want. If you nod for past, the mirror will show you the answer to a question regarding the past. It can range from a personal mystery from your own past to a historical mystery, such as who killed JFK, for present. 
you can ask to be shown a solution to a problem currently plaguing you, or an issue the world currently faces. Future. Needless to say, we'll show you a future outcome yet to pass. Ask the mirror your question and watch your long-awaited answer. Once you have your answer, step away from the mirror again. Turn around three times, now in a counterclockwise direction. Again, with each turn say the words, mirror, mirror, for a total of three times. Upon completing the third turn, the mirror will be gone and so will the shard. The castle has taken it as tribute. Leave the castle and head back to your hiding place. On your way, drop the blade into the moat surrounding the castle. Keep hold of the chalk. You need not worry about being caught by security or any false at this point. The park respects your accomplishment and will allow you temporary safe passage. However, do not take this gesture as an excuse to linger or explore. This will be taken as arrogance or an insult and your protection will be revoked. Simply head back to your initial hiding spot as quickly as you can. When you return to the hiding spot, draw a circle of chalk around you. If in a location with a door, draw a half circle around the door on the floor. Remain hidden until morning when the park opens and visitors have been let back in. Critical tip. Do not fall asleep. Do not respond to any voices or footsteps you may hear, no matter how close the sound gets to you. If you're hiding in place with a door, do not react to knocks, no matter how frantic they become. You will remain safe if you stay awake and quiet. Most important of all, do not follow along if you hear a Disney song being played. This includes singing, humming, or even following the song in your mind. Cover your ears with your hands, and don't let that song get stuck in your head. The following day, once you know visitors have begun entering the park, leave your hiding spot and head immediately to the exit of the park. Do not stop for anything, just leave. Drop the chalk at the entrance, and once you have left, never return to Disney World. Ever. The park knows you, and your welcome has worn out. Now, the part that has yet to be discussed is what happens if you fail the ritual. Should you be caught by the false during the item retrieval, linger too long outside your hiding place after completing the night ritual, or answer to voices or knocks before morning. Should one of the false place their hand on you, you will lose the ability to move freely. If you return to the park after successfully completing the ritual, you will encounter a false that no one else will appear to see. In any case, they will slowly lead you to the entrance of the park. You can walk away then, but no matter where you go, or what you do during the night, the next day, you will find yourself at the entrance of the park once again. Only, you will once again have no control over your actions. As if in a hypnotic trance, you will move towards your fate. Perhaps you will find yourself on a ride with non-functioning seat restraints, only to be thrown out onto the tracks. Walking on the above-ground monorail tracks with an incoming train behind you, on a riverboat that flips into waters not made for swimming, in the path of an oncoming parade float, whatever fate the happiest place on earth has for you, rest assured it won't involve a happily ever after.
This story was shared by SL1878. Doors to the Future Rules and Guidelines Do not skip any instructions. I will not tell you what will happen if you skip even one. Do not read into instructions. Do instructions as they are said. Do not acknowledge the shadow following you unless told to do so. There will come a time when you will need to talk to it. Be respectful when you do. Refrain from looking or staring at anyone who is not invited in the room or in the halls. They are not real and are only there to observe what you are about to do. Optional, pray before doing this ritual. Ingredients Two medium or large sized mirrors with stands. If you cannot find a stand then create a makeshift one. Your blood, a small knife, a pen, three sheets of paper, three rooms, one room must be your bedroom, a hallway, and a flashlight. Preparation At exactly 12 midnight, set up the mirrors behind the two doors of the two rooms. Make sure that when you open the two doors, you can see the mirrors without going inside the rooms. The two rooms must be facing each other and must be inside a hallway. Write past on one sheet of paper, present on another, and future on the last. Paste the past paper on the left door with the mirror, the future paper on the right door with the mirror, and the present paper must be placed on the mirror in your bedroom. You should be finished by 12.30am. Procedure. This will be described to you step by step. Use the flashlight through the entire ritual. If the flashlight dies while you are doing the ritual, you have done something wrong. I cannot help you in that situation. After setting up, go to your room and wait until 1am. At exactly 1am, rush to the entrance of your house and open the door. Leave the door open and rush back to your room. Grab your knife and make a small cut on your left arm. Collect the blood and wipe it to the mirror in the past room. Do the same with your right hand and do so on the mirror in the future room. Rush back to the open door and close it, but do not lock it. You can now see the shadow following you in your peripheral. If you cannot, do not attempt the ritual. Lock yourself in the room until sunrise, if you can. If you can see the figure, you may proceed. Go back to your room and lock the door. Wait for five minutes before unlocking it. Do not open the door yet. Wait another five minutes before opening the door and proceeding to the two doors with the mirrors. This will be called step eight. Slowly walk to the door that contains the past mirror. If you feel that someone is watching you, have no fear. It is normal. If you do not, repeat the previous step. Open the past door. If the door is locked, someone locked it. Repeat step eight. If it is not, you may proceed. Look at your reflection in the mirror. If you have no reflection, close the door immediately. Leave the house and come back at exactly 7 in the morning. If you have a reflection, you may proceed. Caution, do not enter the room. Trust me, don't. Before talking to your reflection, shout, We are now playing! as loudly as you can. Talk to the reflection. You are now talking to your past self. You have five minutes. Caution, do not speak about the present or the future with your past self. It will ruin the ritual.
Within those five minutes, do not acknowledge any other sound coming from the other end of the hallway. The ones making the sounds are not real. Close the door when you are done. Face the future door and open it. If it is locked, repeat step eight. If it isn't, you may proceed. If you do not see a reflection, repeat step eight. Before you talk to your future self, shout, We're halfway there! Talk to your future self for five minutes. Unlike your past self, you can say or wish anything. When you're done, close the door and shout, We're done now! Open the entrance door and go outside. Now in the event that your flashlight dies before you reach the entrance, you have done something wrong. I cannot help you in that situation. Wait for about 10 minutes, then go back inside. Lock the door and turn on the lights. If the lights refuse to turn on, you have done something wrong. I cannot help you in that situation either. If the lights turn on, you have successfully completed the ritual. Caution, before 3 a.m., you should have already completed the ritual. If you have not, then again, I cannot help you in that situation. Go to sleep and when you wake, you'll feel different. Have no fear, it only means that the ritual worked. Caution, do not clean up the mirrors. Wait until you have slept before fixing everything. From my personal experience, it has worked every single time. Just follow these instructions and you'll be fine. Or at least as fine as you can be. Enjoy. This ritual was shared by Mine So Cliché, who is said to have followed these instructions based on guidelines from a half-done journal. And my last story is more of an urban myth, called Blue Baby Blue. Born into the world by a psychotic mother, he was destined to be a child of legend. Nobody knows his real name, only that his mother killed him with a piece of shattered mirror. The ritual of Baby Blue, not unlike Bloody Mary, is set in the confines of a bathroom, and you'll need a mirror to try it, if you dare. I suggest you take a friend if your heart is set on trying this out, but make sure they know what they're in for. Enter the bathroom and fog up the mirror. Breathe on it. Turn on the hot water. However you like to do it. Once this is complete, write the words Baby Blue on the mirror. Step 2. Turn off the lights. Be brave and make sure your friend is brave with you. And wait for a few moments. Once you've waited for about a minute, hold out your arms, just like you were carrying a baby in them. You should feel the weight of a baby in your arms. Don't freak out. Keep him held safe and after a while, you should pass him to your friend. Mind not to drop him. He doesn't take kindly to this and will give you a little scratch. If you pick him up and drop him a few more times, I mean, who would be so clumsy? The last thing you'll ever see is the mirror shattering in front of you, and who knows what else. There is an alternative version to this legend, and it kind of reminds me of the Candyman sort of approach, or even closely, the Bloody Mary approach. Enter the bathroom with the lights already turned off, stand in front of the mirror and say the words, Blue Baby, 13 times over and over again. Whilst reciting these words, you should rock your arms back and forth as if you were holding a baby. 
Once you've finished the 13th chant, a baby will appear in your arms and give you a little scratch. At this point, drop the baby and run, because not long behind him is the aforementioned psychotic mother. She will scream at you from the mirror, give my baby back, and attempt to have you meet the same fate as her little treasure. Ah, yes, these classic urban tales. For some of you out there, you might be laughing, and for the others with chills down their spine, I can completely understand. I wonder if either of those groups are willing to try it. These urban myths and legends definitely play to our imagination, but there's something morbid about, I don't know, poking the bear or the undead bear in this case, and seeing what happens, the unknown. And mirrors tend to create this uncanny valley feeling, an atmosphere of strangeness. Coupled with the darkness around you and your growing nervousness, it's easy to understand how you could hear things, see things, and as I mentioned in the previous episode, the strange face apparitions. A hundred percent of the people involved in that experiment saw strange faces, deformed faces of their own. So this story and this urban legend has some gravitas to it, I think. Not that it's true, but that it certainly has an effect on the psyche. Have any of you out there done the baby blue ritual or the Bloody Mary ritual? I'd love to know. I mean, if you've done it and experienced strange things, definitely let us all know. I'd love to hear some tales of these kind of rituals that went wrong. So don't hold back. Now folks, next week I'm going to shake it up, do some shout outs, some iTunes reviews, and of course, give a special shout out episode for my Earl Grey Enforcers. I'm currently in the process of figuring out which episode to dedicate them to. But either way, it's a lot of fun. If you have any recommendations, any stories you want read, or any topics you want me to focus on in the coming month, email me at storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com. I've gotten a couple about Native American folklore, so I might delve into that. And a big shout out to Ashley Pendorf for pointing me in the right direction around that space. It's really, really interesting and full of amazingly cool content. So expect something from that area soon. If you want to support the show, you can do so by visiting my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sfgt. And lastly, if you have some time, leave an iTunes review. Helps other awesome people like yourself find this podcast. Thank you so much. Have a kick-ass weekend. And till we next meet.